Chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 of Catina Arena, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Commentary on the Gospel according to St. Matthew, Chapter 1, verse 1. The Book of the Generation of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Jerome, the face of a man, in Ezekiel's vision, signifies Matthew, who accordingly opens his gospel with the human genealogy of Christ. Rabanus. By this exordium, he shows that it is the birth of Christ according to the flesh that he has undertaken to narrate. Pseudo Chrysostom. Matthew wrote for the Jews, and in Hebrew. To them it was unnecessary to explain the divinity which they recognized, but necessary to unfold the mystery of the Incarnation. John wrote in Greek for the Gentiles, who knew nothing of a Son of God. They required, therefore, to be told first that the Son of God was God, then that this deity was incarnate, Rabanus. Though the genealogy occupies only a small part of the volume, he yet begins thus, the book of the generation, for it is the manner of the Hebrews to name their books from that with which they open, as Genesis, gloss. The full expression would be, this is the book of the generation, but this is a usual ellipse i.e. the vision of isaiah for this is the vision generation he says in the singular number though there be many here given in succession as it is for the sake of one generation of christ that the rest are here introduced chrysostom or he therefore entitles it the book of the generation because this is the sum of the whole dispensation the root of all its blessings viz that god became man for this once effected, all other things followed, of course. Rabanus. He says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, because he knew it was written, the book of the generation of Adam. He begins thus, that he may oppose book to book, the new Adam to the old Adam. For by the one were all things restored, which had been corrupted by the other. Jerome. We read in Isaiah, Who shall declare this generation? but it does not follow that the evangelist contradicts the prophets or undertakes what he declares impossible for isaiah is speaking of the generation of the divine nature st matthew of the incarnation of the human chrysostom and do not consider this genealogy a small thing to hear for truly it is a marvelous thing that god should descend to be born of a woman and to have as his ancestors david and abraham Remigus though they affirm that the prophet isaiah does not speak of his human generation we need not answer to this inquiry who shall declare it no man but very few because matthew and luke have rabanus by saying of jesus christ he expresses both the kingly and priestly office to be in him for jesus who first bore this name was after moses the first who was leader of the children of israel and Aaron, anointed by the mystical ointment, was the first priest under the law. Hilary, what God conferred on those who, by the anointing of oil, were consecrated as kings or priests, this the Holy Spirit conferred on the man Christ, adding moreover a purification. The Holy Spirit cleansed that which, taken of the Virgin Mary, was exalted into the body of the Savior, and this is that anointing of the body of the Savior's flesh whence he was called christ because the impious craft of the jews denied that jesus was born of the seed of david he adds the son of david the son of abraham chrysostom 
but why would it not have been enough to name one of them david alone or abraham alone because the promise had been made both of christ to be born of their seed to abraham and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed to david of the fruit of thy body will i set upon thy seat he therefore calls christ the son of both to show that in him was fulfilled the promise to both also because christ was to have three dignities king prophet priest but abraham was prophet and priest priest as god says to him in genesis take an heifer prophet as the lord said to abimelech concerning him he is a prophet and shall pray for thee david was king and prophet but not priest thus he is expressly called the son of both that the threefold dignity of his forefathers might be recognized by the hereditary right in christ ambrose he therefore names especially two authors of his birth one who received the promise concerning the kindreds of the people the other who obtained the oracle concerning the generation of christ and though he is later in order of succession is yet first named insomuch as it is greater to have received the promise concerning christ than concerning the church which is through christ for greater is he who saves than that which is saved jerome the order of the names is inverted but of necessity for had he written abraham first and david afterwards he would have to repeat abraham again to preserve the series of the genealogy pseudochrysostom another reason is that royal dignity is above natural though abraham was first in time yet david in honor gloss but since from this title it appears that the whole book is concerning jesus christ it is necessary first to know what we must think concerning him for so shall be better explained what this book relates of him augustine serinthus then and abion made jesus christ only a man paul of samosa following them asserted christ not to have had an inexistence from eternity but to have begun to be from his birth of the virgin mary he also thought him nothing more than man this heresy was afterwards confirmed by photus pseudo athen the apostle john seeing long before by the holy spirit this man's madness rouses him from his deep sleep of error by the preaching of his voice saying in the beginning was the word he therefore who in the beginning was with god could not in this last time take the beginning of his being from man he says further let photinus hear his words father glorify me with that glory which i had with thee before the world was augustine the error of nestorius was that he taught that a man only was born of the blessed virgin mary whom the word of god received not into unity of person and inseparable fellowship a doctrine which catholic ears could not endure cyril of alexandria saith the apostle of the only begotten who being in the form of god thought it no robbery to be equal with god who then is this who is in the form of god or how emptied he himself and humbled himself to the likeness of man if the above-mentioned heretics dividing christ into two parts i e the man and the word affirm that it was the man that was emptied of glory they must first show what form and equality with the father are understood to be and did exist which might suffer any manner of emptying but there is no creature in its own proper nature equal with the father how then can any creature be said to be emptied 
or from what eminence to descend to become man or how can he be understood to have taken upon him as though he had not at first the form of a servant but they say the word being equal with the father dwelt in man born of a woman and this is the emptying i hear the son truly saying to the holy apostles if any man love me he will keep my saying and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him hear how he saith that he and the father will dwell in them that love him do you then suppose that we shall grant that he is there emptied of his glory and has taken upon him the form of a servant when he makes his abode in the hearts of them that love him or the holy spirit does he fulfill an assumption of human flesh when he dwells in our hearts isidore but not to mention all arguments let us bring forward that one to which all arguments point that for one who was god to assume a lowly guise both has an obvious use and is an adoption and in nothing contradicts the course of nature but for one who is man to speak things divine and supernatural is the highest presumption for though a king may humble himself a common soldier may not take on him the state of an emperor so if he were god made man all lowly things have place but if mere man high things have none augustine sabilius they say was a disciple of notus who taught that the same christ was one and the same father and holy spirit pseudo athen the audaciousness of this most insane error i will curb by the authority of the heavenly testimonies and demonstrate the distinct personality of the proper substance of the sun i shall not produce things which are liable to be explained away as agreeable to the assumption of human nature but shall offer such passages as all will allow to be decisive in proof of his divine nature in genesis we find god saying let us make man in our own image by this plural number showing that there was some other person to whom he spoke had he been one he would have been said to have made him in his own image but there is another and he is said to have made man in the image of that other gloss others denied the reality of christ's human nature valentinius said that christ sent from the father carried about a spiritual or celestial body and took nothing of the virgin but passed through her as through a channel taking nothing of her flesh but we do not therefore believe him to have been born of the virgin because by no other means could he have truly lived in the flesh and appeared among men but because it is so written in the scripture which if we believe not we cannot either be christians or be saved but even a body taken of spiritual or ethereal or clayly substance had he willed to change into the true and very quality of human flesh who will deny his power to do this the manichaeans said that the lord jesus christ was a phantasm and could not be born of the womb of a woman but if the body of christ was a phantasm he was a deceiver and if a deceiver that he was not the truth but christ is the truth therefore his body was not a phantasm gloss and as the opening both of this gospel and of that according to luke manifestly proves christ's birth of a woman and hence his real humanity they reject the beginning of both these gospels augustine Faustus affirms that the gospel both begins and begins to be so called from the preaching of christ 
in which he nowhere affirms himself to have been born of men. Nay, so far is this genealogy from being part of the gospel that the writer does not venture so to entitle it. Beginning, the book of the generation, not the book of the gospel. Mark again, who cared not to write of the generation, but only of the preaching of the Son of God, which is properly the gospel, begins thus accordingly. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Thus then, all that we read in Matthew before the words, Jesus began to preach the kingdom of the gospel, is a part of the genealogy, not of the gospel. I therefore betook myself to Mark and John, with whose prefaces I had good reason to be satisfied, as they introduced neither David nor Mary nor Joseph, to which Augustine replies, What will he say then to the apostles' words? Remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, according to my gospel. But the gospel of Apostle Paul is likewise that of the other apostles, and of all the faithful, as he says, whether I or they, thus have we preached the gospel. Augustine. The Arians will not have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be of one and the same substance, nature and existence, but that the Son is a creature of the Father, and the Holy Spirit a creature of a creature, i.e. created by the Son. Further, they think that Christ took the flesh without a soul, but John declares the Son to be not only God, but even of the same substance as the Father. For when he had said, The Word was God, he added, All things were made by him. Whence it is clear that he was not made by whom all things were made, and if not made, then not created, therefore of one substance with the Father. For all that is not of one substance with the Father is creature. I know not what benefit the person of the Mediator has conferred upon us, if he redeemed not our better part, but took upon him our flesh only, which without the soul cannot have consciousness of the benefit. But if Christ came to save what had perished, the whole man had perished, and therefore needs a Savior. Christ then in coming saves the whole man, taking on him both soul and body. How, too, do they answer innumerable objections from the Gospel Scriptures, in which the Lord speaks so many things manifestly contrary to them. As is that, my soul is sorrowful, even unto death. I have power to lay down my life, and many more things of the like kind. Should they say that he spoke thus in parables, we have at hand proofs from the evangelists themselves, who, in relating his actions, bear witness as to the reality of his body, so of his soul, by mention of passions which cannot be without a soul, as when they say, Jesus wondered, was angry, and others of like kind. Augustine. The Apollarians also, as the Arians affirmed, that Christ had taken the human flesh without the soul, but overthrown on this point by the weight of Scripture proof, they then said that that part which is the rational soul of man was wanting to the soul of Christ, and that its place was filled by the Word itself. But if it be so, then we must believe that the word of God took on him the nature of some brute with a human shape and appearance. But even concerning the nature of Christ's body, there are some who have so far swerved from the right faith as to say that the flesh and the word were of one and the same substance, most perversely insisting on that expression, the word was made flesh, which they interpret that some portion of the word was changed into flesh, not that he took to him the flesh of the virgin. Cyril. 
we account those persons mad who have suspected that so much as the shadow of change could take place in the nature of the divine word it abides what it ever was neither is nor can be changed leo we do not speak of christ as man in such a sort as to allow that anything was wanting to him which it is certain pertains to human nature whether soul or rational mind or flesh and flesh such as was taken of the woman not gained by a change or conversion of the word into flesh these three several errors that thrice false heresy of the apollarianists had brought forward eutiquides also chose out of this third dogma of apollarianus which denying the verity of the human body and the soul maintained that our lord jesus christ was wholly and entirely of one nature as though the divine word had changed itself into flesh and soul and as though the conception birth growth and such like had undergone by that divine essence which was incapable of any such changes but the very and true flesh for such as is the nature of the only begotten such is the nature of the father and such is the nature of the holy ghost both impassable and eternal but if to avoid being driven to the conclusion that the godhead could feel suffering and death he departs from the corruption of apollinarius and should still dare to affirm the nature of the incarnate word that is of the word and the flesh to be the same he clearly falls into the insane notions of manichaeus and marcion and believes that the lord jesus christ did all his actions with a false appearance that his body was not a human body but a phantasm which imposed on the eyes of the beholders but what eutiquides ventured to pronounce as an episcopal decision that in christ before his incarnation were two natures but after his incarnation only one it behooved that he should have been urgently pressed to give the reason of this his belief i suppose that in using such language he supposed the soul which the saviour took to have had its abode in heaven before it was born of the virgin mary this catholic hearts and ears endure not for that the lord when he came down from heaven showed nothing of the condition of human nature nor did he take him any soul that had existed before or any flesh that was not taken of the flesh of his mother thus what was justly condemned in origin must needs be rebuked in eutychides to wit that our souls before they were placed in our bodies had actions not only wonderful but various Rigamy. these heresies therefore the apostles overthrow in the beginning of their gospels as matthew in relating how he derived his descent from the kings of the jews proves him to have been truly man and to have had true flesh likewise luke when he begins the priestly stock and person mark then he says the beginning of the gospel of jesus christ the son of god and john when he says in the beginning was the word both show him to have been before all ages god with god the father abraham begot isaac and isaac begat jacob and jacob begat judas and his brethren augustine matthew by beginning with christ's genealogy shows that he has undertaken to relate christ's birth according to the flesh but luke as rather describing him as a priest for the atonement of sin gives christ's genealogy not in the beginning of his gospel but at his baptism when john bare that testimony lo he that taketh away the sins of the world and the genealogy of matthew is figured to us the taking on him of our sins by the lord christ and the genealogy of luke the taking away of our sins by the same hence matthew gives them in a descending luke in an ascending series but matthew describing christ's human genealogy in descending order begins his enumeration with abraham ambrose 
for Abraham was the first to deserve the witness of faith. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It behooved, therefore, that he should be set forth as the first in the line of descent, who was the first to deserve the promise of the restoration of the church. And these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And it is again brought to a period in David, for that Jesus should be called his son. Hence to him is preserved the privilege, that from him should come the beginning of the Lord's genealogy. Chrysostom. Matthew then, desiring to preserve in memory the lineage of the Lord's humanity through the succession of his parents, begins with Abraham, saying, Abraham begot Isaac. Why does he not mention Ishmael, his firstborn? And again, Isaac begot Jacob. Why does he not speak of Esau, his firstborn? Because through them he could not have come down to David. Gloss. Yet he names all the brethren of Judah with him in the lineage. Ishmael and Esau had not remained in the worship of the true God, but the brethren of Judah were reckoned in God's people. Chrysostom. Or he names all the twelve patriarchs, that he may lower the pride which is drawn from a line of noble ancestry. For many of these were born of maidservants, and yet were patriarchs and heads of tribes. Gloss. But Judah is the only one mentioned by name and that because the Lord was descended from him only. But in each of the patriarchs we must note not their history only, but the allegorical and moral meaning to be drawn from them. Allegory in seeing whom each of the fathers foreshowed. Moral instruction in that through each one of the fathers some virtue may be edified in us, either through the signification of his name or through his example. Abraham is in many respects a figure of Christ, and chiefly in his name, which is interpreted the father of many nations, and Christ is father of many believers. Abraham, moreover, went out from his own kindred and abode in a strange land. In like manner Christ, leaving the Jewish nation, went by his preachers through the Gentiles. Pseudo-Chrysostom Isaac is interpreted laughter, but the laughter of the saints is not the foolish convulsion of the lips, but the rational joy of the heart, which was the mystery of Christ. For as he was granted to his parents in their extreme age to their great joy, that it might be known that he was not the child of nature, but of grace. Thus Christ also, in this last time, came from a Jewish mother to be the joy of the whole earth, the one of the virgin, the other of a woman, past the age, both contrary to the expectation of nature. Rigni. Jacob is interpreted supplanter, and it is said of Christ, Thou hast cast down beneath me them that rose up against me. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Our Jacob in like manner begot the twelve apostles in the spirit, not in the flesh, in word, not in blood. Judah is interpreted confessor for he was a type of Christ, who was to be the confessor of his father. As he spake, I confess to thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Gloss. Morally, Abraham signifies to us the virtue of faith in Christ. As an example himself, as it is said of him, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Isaac may be interpreted hope, for Isaac is interpreted laughter, as he was the joy of his parents and hope is our joy, making us to hope for eternal blessings and to joy in them. Abraham begot Isaac, and faith begets hope. Jacob signifies love, for love embraces two lives. 
active in the love of our neighbor and contemplative in the love of god the active is signified by leah the contemplative by rachel for leah is interpreted laboring for she is active in labor rachel having seen the beginning because by the contemplative the beginning that is god is seen jacob is born of two parents as love is born of faith and hope but what we believe we both hope for and love verses three to six and judas begat pharez and zara of tamar and pharez begat esrom and esrom begat aram and aram begat aminadab and aminadab begat nasan and nasan begat solomon and solomon begat boaz of rechab and boaz begat obed of ruth and obed begat jesse and jesse begat david the king gloss passing over the other sons of jacob the evangelist follows the family of judah saying but judah begat pharez and zara of thamar augustine neither was judah himself a firstborn nor of these two sons was either his firstborn he had already three before them so that he keeps in that line of descent by which he shall arrive at david and from him whither he purposed jerome it should be noted that none of the holy women were taken into the saviour's genealogy but rather such as scripture has condemned that he who came for sinners being born of sinners might so put away the sins of all thus ruth the mobitus follows among the rest ambrose but luke has avoided the mention of these that he might set forth the series of the priestly race immaculate but the plan of st matthew did not exclude the righteousness of natural reason for when he wrote in his gospel that he who should take on him the sins of all was born in the flesh was subject to wrongs and pains he did not think it any detraction from his holiness that he did not refuse the further humiliation of a sinful parentage nor again would it shame the church to be gathered from among sinners when the lord himself was born of sinners and lastly that the benefits of redemption might have their beginning with his own forefathers and that none might imagine that a stain in their blood was any hindrance to virtue nor again any pride themselves insolently on nobility of birth chrysostom besides this it shows that all are equally liable to sin for here is thamar accusing judah of incest and david begat solomon with a woman with whom he had committed adultery but if the law was not fulfilled by these great ones neither could it be by their less great posterity so all have sinned and the presence of christ is become necessary ambrose observe that matthew does not name both without a meaning for though the object of his writing only required the mention of Phares, yet in the twins a mystery is signified namely the double life of the nations one by the law and the other by faith pseudo chrysostom but zara is denoted the people of the jews which first appeared in the light of faith coming out of the dark womb of the world and was therefore marked with a scarlet thread of the circumciser for all supposed that they were to be god's people but the law was set before their face as it had been a wall or hedge thus the jews were hindered by the law but in the times of christ's coming the hedge of the law was broken down that was between the jews and the gentiles as the apostle speaks breaking down the middle wall of partition thus it fell out that the gentiles who were signified by pharez as soon as the law was broken through by christ's commandments 
first entered into the faith, and after followed the Jews. Gloss. Judah begat Perez and Zerah before he went into Egypt. Whether they both accompanied their father. In Egypt, Perez begat Esrom, and Esrom begat Aram. Aram begat Amminadab, Amminadab begat Naasson, and then Moses led them out of Egypt. Naasson was head of the tribe of Judah under Moses in the desert, where he begat Salmon. And this Salmon it was who, as prince of the tribe of Judah, entered the land of promise with Joshua. Pseudochrysostom. But as we believe that the names of these fathers were given for some special reason under the providence of God, it follows, but Naasson begat Salmon, this Salmon, after his father's death, entered the promised land with Joshua, as prince of the tribe of Judah. He took a wife of the name of Rahab. This Rahab is said to have been that Rahab the harlot of Jericho, who entertained the spies of the children of Israel, and hid them safely. For Salmon, being noble among the children of Israel, insomuch as he was of the tribe of Judah, and the son of the prince thereof, held Rahab so ennobled through her great faith, that she was worthy whom he should take to wife. Salmon is interpreted receive a vessel, perhaps as if he invited in God's providence by his very name to receive Rahab a vessel of election. Gloss. This Salmon in the promised land begat Boaz of this Rahab. Boaz begat Obeth of Ruth. Pseudochrysostom. How Boaz took to wife a Moabitess whose name was Ruth, I thought it needless to tell, seeing the scripture containing them is open to all. We need but say thus much, that Ruth married Boaz for the reward of her faith, for that she had cast off the gods of her forefathers, and had chosen the living God, and Boaz received her to wife for reward of his faith, and from such sanctified wedlock might be descended a kingly race. Ambrose. But how did Ruth, who was an alien, marry a man that was a Jew? And wherefore, in Christ's genealogy, did his evangelist so much as mention a union, which in the eye of the law was bastard? Thus the Savior's birth of a parentage, not admitted by the law, appears to us monstrous, until we attend to the declaration of the Apostle. The law was not given for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. For this woman who was an alien, a Moabitess, a nation with whom the Mosaic law forbade all intermarriage, and shut them up totally out of the church. How did she enter into the church, unless that she were holy and unstained in her life above the law? Therefore she was exempt from this restriction of the law, and deserved to be numbered in the Lord's lineage, chosen from the kindred of her mind, not of her body. To us she is a great example, for that in her was prefigured the entrance into the Lord's church, of all of us who are gathered out of the Gentiles. Jerome but Ruth the Moabitess fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. Send forth, O Lord, the Lamb that shall rule over the earth, out of the rock of the desert to the mount of the daughter of Zion. Gloss. Jesse, the father of David, has two names, being more frequently called Isia. But the prophet says, There shall come a rod from the stem of Jesse. Therefore, to show that this prophecy was fulfilled in Mary and Christ, the evangelist puts Jesse. Remig. It is asked why this epithet, king, is thus given by the holy evangelist to David alone, because he was the first king in the tribe of Judah. Christ himself is Pharez, the divider, as it is written, Thou shalt divide the sheep from the goats. He is Zaram, the east. Lo, the man, the east is his name. 
he is esrom an arrow he hath set me as a polished shaft robin or following another interpretation according to the abundance of grace and the width of love he is aram the chosen according to that behold my servant whom i have chosen he is a minadab that is willing and that he says i will freely sacrifice to thee also he is naasan i e augury as he knows the past the present and the future or like a serpent according to that moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness he is salmon i e that feeleth as he said i feel that power is gone forth out of me gloss christ himself espouses rahab i e the gentile church for rahab is interpreted either hunger or breadth or might for the church of the gentiles hungers and thirsts after righteousness and converts philosophers and kings by the might of her doctrine ruth is interpreted either seeing or hastening and denotes the church which in purity of heart sees god and hastens to the prize of the heavenly call Rigmig. christ is also boaz because he is strength for when i am lifted up i will draw all men unto me he is obeth a servant for the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister he is jesse or burnt for i am come to send fire on earth he is david mighty in arm for the lord is great and powerful desirable for he shall come the desire of all nations beautiful to behold according to that beautiful in the form before the sons of men gloss let us now see what virtues they be which these fathers edify in us for faith hope and charity are the foundation of all virtues those that follow are like additions over and above them judah is interpreted confession of which there are two kinds confession of faith and of sin if then after we be endowed with the three forementioned virtues we sin confession not of faith only but of sin is needful for us Perez is interpreted division zamar the east thamar bitterness thus confession begets separation from vice the rise of virtue and the bitterness of repentance after Perez follows esron an arrow for when one is separated from vice and secular pursuits he should become a dart wherewith to slay by preaching the vices of others aram is interpreted elect or lofty for as soon as one is detached from this world and profiteth for another he must needs be held to be elect of god famous amongst men high in virtue naasan is augury but this augury is of heaven not of earth it is that of which joseph boasted when he said ye have taken away the cup of my lord wherewith he is wont to divine the cup is the divine scripture wherein is draught of wisdom by this the wise man divines since in it he sees things future that is heavenly things next is solomon that perceiveth for he who studies divine scripture becomes perceiving that is he discerns by the taste of reason good from bad sweet from bitter next is boaz that is brave for who is well taught in scripture becomes brave to endure all adversity pseudo chrysostom this brave one is the son of rahab that is of the church for rahab signifies breadth or spread out for because the church of the gentiles was called from all quarters of the earth it is called breadth gloss then follows obeth i e servitude for which none is fit but he who is strong and this servitude is begotten of ruth that is haste 
for it behooves a slave to be quick, not slow. Sido Chrysostom. They who look to wealth and not to temper, to beauty and not faith, and require in a wife such endowments as are required in harlots, will not beget sons obedient to their parents or to God, but rebellious to both, that their children may be punishment of their ungodly wedlock. Obeds beget Jesse, that is, refreshment, for whoever is subject to God and his parents begets such children as prove his refreshment. Gloss. Or Jesse may be interpreted incense, for if we serve God in love and fear, there will be a devotion in the heart, which, in the heat and desire of the heart, offers the sweetest incense to God. But when one is become a fit servant in a sacrifice of incense to God, it follows that he becomes David, i.e., of a strong hand, who fought mightily against his enemies, and made the Idumeans tributary. In like manner ought he to subdue carnal men to God by teaching and example. End of chapter 1, verses 1 through 5.